For tonight's Unified Bank Profile, we check in with our AHL affiliate, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, who have begun their season, and their broadcaster is my good friend Nick Hart. And Nick, it's great to see you guys up and rolling again. The team is starting to have some good success lately. What's going on up there? Yeah, DJ, it is an absolute thrill to be back and playing here in the American Hockey League. I know all of our players, they were just itching, champing at the bits, to play in some games again. I mean, you guys down in the ECHL, you know about this with the long layoff that you guys had, but, you know, a lot of our players hadn't played since March of 2020. They weren't invited to the, the bubble in the NHL to skate and practice with them. Some of these guys weren't even invited to Pittsburgh's training camp. They were just waiting so long to get on the ice. And at our very first day of training camp, there was such a palpable energy in the air. I keep telling people, it was like when... Uh, you leave the house for a little bit, and you come home, and your dog is so excited to see you. Everyone that first day of training camp was a golden lab, just so geeked up to be on the ice, so geeked up to be in the locker room. Yes, wearing masks. Yes, going through all the necessary protocols to make this happen, but everyone was so happy. The start of the season was a little rocky. Everyone was rusty. The team was a little slow, sloppy, maybe to be expected. But this team, a very young team, I should say, has really – found a way to right the ship quicker than anyone expected. Early in the season, they were bleeding scoring chances, giving up far too many grade-A opportunities a game. In our game last night against Syracuse, we gave up two shots on goal in the first period and only gave up 18 by the end of three periods and an overtime. This team has started to clamp down defensively. They've gotten the offense that they've needed to win a couple games. Four-game point streak now to close out February and start March. Uh, this team is looking, I think, a lot stronger than maybe anyone anticipated coming into the season. You mentioned the order of who played first, and normally it's you guys having your training camp and then guys trickling down to Wheeling. But this year, Wheeling starts first, guys get called up to Wilkes-Barre, and it's been incredible to watch how many guys have had an impact on the success of your team. In particular, we're going to start out with the forwards. Felix Robert, six points already, who has just apparently dove right in. What what has his being, game been like to watch at the AHL level to have that much of an impact so quickly? It's been exciting, DJ. To be completely candid, it's been exciting to watch this guy play. And you guys got the first taste of Felix Robert down in Wheeling. You know, he's five foot nine, 180 pounds, not the biggest package, but he's so dis, uh, deceptively strong. He's got this thick body and a, and a good power base to him. And he plays right in the opponent's pocket. He was a healthy scratch the first few games in Wilkes-Barre Scranton, but as soon as he got in the lineup, his very first shift, the opposing defenseman, it looked like he was surprised because the very first time the Penguins dumped it in, Robert was right on top of him, pestering him, trying to take the puck away. And the other team was like, whoa, who is this guy? Who's this little dude wearing 36 for the black and gold? And Robert has continued to do that every time he stepped on the ice. He has the skill to create offense good playmaking sense, and he just refuses to quit on any play in all three zones, and it's it's great to see him get rewarded for those kind of efforts on the score sheet, now on a four-game point streak and a point-per-game production, six points in six games to start his American Hockey League career. He's really exciting. He's exciting, and, you know, it's great to see a young man like that uh, start off so, so positively, gain that early confidence. I can't wait to see what what's next in store for Felix Robert. 
Robert's an AHL contracted player, but there are guys who started this season on ECHL contracts who also got invited to camp and not only made an impression to make the team, but have gotten into games as well. Matt Miller's recently come back to Wheeling. Dylan McPherson, though, is playing in an everyday type of role for you guys. How did that start to develop itself? What kind of impressions did those players make to end up making their spot on an AHL opening roster? Well, part of it was out of necessity. I mean, as you know, Pittsburgh was ravaged by injuries on the blue line, and therefore that results in several call-ups from the American League team to the NHL club. When Wilkes-Barre-Scranton started on its opening night, five of its six defensemen in the lineup were making their AHL debut. The only guy who wasn't was John Lazat, who only came into the season with 62 games of AHL experience. So when I said it was a young and experienced team before – that's kind of what I meant. But when Matt Miller came in, I'm, you know, I'm on the record as being a big Matty Miller fan. You know, he's a steady presence, good at moving the puck, shutting things down for the opponent, picking his head up and moving that puck up ice smoothly so that uh, the forwards could then get on the attack. And he stayed in the lineup over a couple guys on AHL contracts and even an NHL contract. So I think he made a positive impression. But then as Pittsburgh started to get healthy and we started to get healthy in Wilkes-Barre Scranton too. He was just on the wrong side of the numbers game, and they wanted to make sure Matty Miller kept playing um, in the ECHL. McPherson, on the other hand, he was one of those guys who was banged up in training camp in a preseason game and then came back. I don't see him going anywhere for a while. He's playing on a PTO with us, but he is just so steady. Every time he's on the ice, you don't have to worry about anything. No, he may not be the most dynamic defenseman, but that's why they have him paired with Um, a a very creative and unpredictable offensive D-man like Cam Lee. McPherson handles the defensive zone so cleanly without a worry, and it's just so nice to have such a stabilizing player on the back end that, once again, whenever he's out there, you don't have to worry about any adventures, any fire drills. Everything's going to be calm and cool when he's out there, and that's why I think he might be with Wilkes-Barre Scranton for a while longer, too. They really like his reliability. In the net, Shane Starrett got his first win with you guys over the weekend, but you also had Emil Larmy, who's now with the Penguins taxi squad. What's Emil been like in his second pro season? Well, I guess uh, I'll answer that in two different questions. One, his personality is exactly the same as last year. He has not changed from that goofy, fun-loving, big social media presence. Whatever you see the jokes he's making on Twitter, that's not an act. That's exactly what he's like in real life, and I'm so happy to see that uh, the, the weirdness of this uh, pandemic season being flown back and forth across the country and maybe his stats not being what he'd like them to be. Good to see that hasn't dampened his spirits at all. But then when it comes to being on the ice, his stat line may not be all that impressive. A goals against average above three, a save percentage under 900. Those numbers do not tell the whole story at all with Larmy. The first few games that the Penguins played, he was their best player bar none. And all of those first four contests, we'll say, because as I mentioned before, the Penguins were bleeding grade A scoring chances, giving up two to three breakaways a game. Larmy was practically doing cartwheels in net to keep the puck out. He had to make double-digit, fantastic highlight reel saves on a nightly basis. And you really started to see a progression in terms of his confidence. If he did give up a goal, he didn't get down on himself. It didn't frustrate him. He just locked it back in and was worried about the next save. That was something he struggled with a little bit in his first AHL season last year. This year, it doesn't seem to be a problem. So I think there's some promising uh, growth 
from Larmy. It's still going to be an evolution, still going to be a, a case of development, something for goaltending coach Andy Kyoto to continue to work with and monitor. But uh, I think the, the growth that he's shown in a sh- small sample size this season is very, very promising. Talking about the taxi squad, that is a brand new dynamic this year with the NHL and the AHL. How is it affecting Wilkes-Barre Scranton with players coming in after not maybe seeing as much action and then having guys get called up there and trying to really keep a balance and prioritize both playing development and also getting time in the show? It's definitely a juggling act for Pittsburgh management, uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton coaches and their management. It's a juggling act right now because the whole reason the taxi squad exists is to make sure Pittsburgh has players on reserve in the event of some sort of um, untimely uh, COVID protocol situation or some injuries. You don't have to worry about guys traveling in the blink of an eye and then have to go through testing. You want to have those guys there. So everyone knows you're going to be down a few players that you normally would. This isn't just the case for Wilkes-Barre Scranton. It's every team in the American Hockey League. Everyone pretty much signed off on that at the start of the season. Um, but what that's done to the players is they've gone a long time without playing or even practicing. When you're on the taxi squad, you're not practicing with the big club. You're not going up against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Drills. You're only out there with two, three other guys. If you have five other players with you on a taxi squad practice, that's like you know a birthday celebration. You're so geeked up. They just have four or five other guys on the ice. That's what Frederick Goudreau and Anthony Angelo said to us when they were assigned from the taxi squad uh, to Wilkes-Barre Scranton, that they were just happy to be practicing in a regular practice again. So once again, it took them a while to shake the rust off. And after getting that feedback from the players, and once they did kind of settle in, it sounds like what Pittsburgh wants to do is kind of have a, a little bit of a rotation to make sure everyone is getting reps. Right now, Josh Curry is up with the taxi squad in Pittsburgh while Goudreau continues to play down here in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Anthony Angelo's been up. I wouldn't be surprised if more players get sent down from Pittsburgh's taxi squad to play in Wilkes-Barre Scranton, and then maybe Goudreau goes up to be on the taxi squad so that all these guys uh, can get those reps in games, in regular practices, go through line rushes, not just bag skates with two or three guys on the ice. I think that's how teams are learning to adjust with the rules of the taxi squad now. This is J.D. Forrest's first season as the Wilkes-Barre Scranton head coach. He's been an assistant coach before, and even though the big club does have its stamp on its affiliates, what do you notice about J.D. in his first month or so behind the bench and some of the things that will make him a successful coach and the team a successful one on the ice? The players are all in. That's what you notice about about J.D. Forrest's coaching tenure. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, I, I already knew about J.D. coming into the season from his previous seasons as an assistant with Wilkes-Barre Scranton. So there were no surprises in terms of his uh, professionalism or his personality, how he carries himself around the rink. But the players going into a season with a first-year head coach, a guy who's only 39 years old, young for, you know, head coaching standards in professional hockey, they bought in right away. They love playing for J.D. Forrest. They love going out there playing for him. Um, you know, they listen to what he has to say, and sometimes that can be a challenge for a coach, getting the players to, to trust you, to respect you, and, and really buy into what you're saying. It took maybe a handful of practices at training camp. I'm not even sure if the Penguins played a full game yet. You had different guys in the locker room, both veterans, rookies, first-year pros, third-year pros, and beyond saying, I really like what this guy has to say. And as the season's gone on, the players just keep raving about uh, what J.D. Forrest brings to the table as a coach. So it's kind of weird to put it this way, but the coach is going to go as far as the players take him. 
and the players are you know, signing on for the J.D. Forrest era right now. That's where Forrest's success is going to come from, the fact that he's able to get his players to trust him and buy in so quickly. And it's turned into early results for the Penguins, too. Like I said, a little bit of a rocky start, but they have turned things around really, really quick and had an excellent finish to February. This might be the hardest question I ask, so I'm going to challenge you a little bit, and good luck. Um, What are the goals for the organization this year? Because it's not a normal year. I don't know if you guys even know what your playoff situation could potentially look like. You're playing without fans right now. At the end of the day, what does the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins organization want to achieve this year? Everyone's got to get better. That's the goal. And I don't I think that extends to the coaches, to the players, the staff. Everyone looked at each other at the start of the season because the AHL has not announced any sort of postseason. I'm not sure if that's set in stone, if there's no playoffs or they're going to do some sort of modified playoffs, but nothing's been announced. So you're coming into the season and go, okay, what are we playing for? We're all trying to get better. We're all trying to improve. You should leave the rink every single day saying, I improved even just a little bit. I improved a little bit in this area today. All right, tomorrow I'm going to get better at that. After this week, we could have won a few games because we improved A, B, C, and D. And then we're going to string together a winning streak because we improved E, F, and G. The goal is to get better. As everyone knows, this is a developmental league. So since we got these players on the ice, because we've gone through all these protocols, jumping through all these hurdles and spin moving around the obstacles to make the season happen, you've got to make it count. A success will be defined this season by how much you can improve. How much can you get better over the course of this uh, regular season? Short, abbreviated, sure. But at the end, you better look back and say, wow, I'm a lot better than I was when I showed up in training camp in January. Because if you didn't, then what was the point of any of this? I'll tell you what, I think our fans feel a lot smarter now than they did at the beginning of the interview. Nick, you did an amazing job. I really appreciate you taking so much time with me. And great job with the start of this season. I hope everything goes extremely well and you guys get better every day. DJ, always, and I mean always, a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thank you so much. Nick Hart, the voice of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, our unified bank profile on intermission coverage. This is the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank.